in three, two. Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tepper. My co-host for today is the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Well, thank you, Greg. Are are you in your wife's phone as Andrew? That is an excellent question. Because you're um, in my phone as Josie. Okay, I'm in... I might be in some family members' phones as Josie. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was a stipulation of Joni's and my relationship. It was like, hey, we got to go by birth name here. So I, I think... I think she may have made the change, but honestly, I haven't gone through This may be a good time for me to go through her phone. Sure. No, that uh, what, that. what I want you to do, what I hope you're hearing <laughs> is go snoop through your wife's phone. <laughs> no, that is not what I'm saying. Uh, allow me to tell you relationship advice uh, for everyone. Don't do that. Bad idea. Um, that's it, It's funny because I... When I met my wife uh, a, a bajillion years ago, she's very, she's, she's not old, to be clear. She doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, but I'm just trying to stay out of the doghouse. This is not going well for me. Um, it's going great for it's me. It's going great. Um, when I met my wife, I put my phone number in her phone. Mm. And I did not put like, my name i put like a stupid nickname like a really dumb nickname that's not suitable for air oh man um, okay that was my and nice it was up until like i want to say like november of this past year that it was still in there oh, and then she was like awesome. you know what it's probably to the point like if somebody needs to get a hold of you like i should change it so now it's like <laughs> greg parentheses like roommate you know um, <laughs> i don't know um this is the ryla cast the official podcast of camp ryla rotary district 5810 we do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us coming up here in just a, a little bit uh our conversation with roger janelle uh who is in the running for the chief legal counsel of the ryla cast uh we're hope we're hopeful fingers crossed <laughs> we need to have like a like a a sweet not a sweepstakes but some type of um game show where at the end we crown the legal counsel <laughs> where whoever loses has to be our lawyer <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what a great idea that is uh, these are all these are all just a plus ideas um <laughs> We'll hear from from Roger coming up here, Roger Janelle coming up here in just a little bit. Um, hey, Josie. Um, hey, Greg. You know where I was last week, briefly? And by briefly, uh, I mean for a couple hours. Um, you do oh, know where I was. I do know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, was I texted play, you about it. <laughs> I was trying to play podcast. Uh, where were you, Greg? Uh, I was at good old Camp Hobbitzell. The Blitz. You were I the was Blitz. at the Blitz. <laughs> Never heard it called that. And now I'm not going to call it anything else. <laughs> I think um, that's a Winter Summit name. That I, I, I was, I was at the Blitz with the world's greatest camp director, Dr. Dana Mackison. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. You got an yeah. audience with uh, Dr. Mackison. I did. So, um, all that is to say, um, 
camp season's here, guys. Like you may not think about it. Like you, you may be somebody who like you turned in your app, your staff application, and that's great. You should have, because I believe the day we're recording this is the deadline. Uh, is that right? Or maybe uh, may, 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 may a couple days past the deadline. Maybe but, uh, already go passed. ahead, go ahead and get in there. Get it in there. Can't, can't relate. Already got my staff application in. <laughs> Same. Um, uh, but. Yeah, you know, you might think, oh, no, you know, camp, you know, months and months away. Oh, no, the grind don't stop, Josie. Um, Dana and I, Dr. Dr. Dana Mackison and I were up at the Blitz meeting with our friends from Camp Hoblitzell, uh, to go through like some, uh, some, some of the nitty gritty, some of the, uh, uh, the, uh, hammering out some details as far as what camp is going to look like. Okay. Um, oh, good. I didn't know if you had anything to add to that. I'm, no, I was just in a meeting. That's the, no, that's I, the thing. I'm I'm interested because we're it's it's February to peel back the curtain. You may have already pulled it back, but uh, it's it's early February, so we're, it's like for me the the runway. We're on the runway to camp, mm-hmm. but you, I'm interested in your perspective. Like, was it just like? a rush when you saw the gates of uh of Hoblitzel? was it like it hit you it is it's all uh, allow me to tell you something about going to camp Hoblitzel during non camp mm. time okay? okay and i would imagine that you guys who went to winter summit felt a similar thing which is when you go to camp and it's quiet and not a million degrees outside it's weird. <laughs> it feels like a different planet. You're like, wait a second. All this feels familiar, and yet, and yet, like nothing, like none of this, it all looks the same, but none of it feels the same at all. Like it's it's quiet. Like you never mm. realize how loud like the ambient camp sound is until you go there and there's nobody there. Okay. I, I never thought of it like that. Wild. And then of course, you we I went there and it was like 50 degrees as it usually is in like mm-hmm. February, but it was so strange. Mm. Like, I don't know. Um, but I will tell you that uh, we're going to be at Camp Hobbitzel again this year. And that's great uh, news. And yeah. Uh, and, and we've figured out a few, a few of the different things. So um, yeah, we, uh, we, we were uh, hammering out details with our friends at Camp Hobbitzel and getting things ready for, uh, for Camp 2024, which is right around the corner. Right around the corner. Yeah. So um, yeah. Also, uh, it is very, here's the other thing. It is very like, intimidating and i hope he hears Mm -hmm. to be in a meeting with dana (laughs) because you never know how little you know about camp (laughs) until you are in a meeting with dana who's just like rattling off all of these things that like you would have to sit down and like 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 these down he's just like oh no it's this like this and that and i'm like oh i mean that makes sense I'm glad you're the camp director, not, not me. So really, really living up to the world's greatest oh, camp director it, moniker. Like I feel like I feel like I know a decent amount about camp, mm-hmm. and and you want to talk about a humbling experience <laughs> 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 to go into that. Uh, anyway, 
Camp Camp 2024, it's gonna happen mostly because of Dana, and and I will I will be in meetings too. Uh, this is the Ryla Cast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla at Rotary District 5810. A lot to get to today. Uh, we are going to start things off by passing it over uh, to the man they call Josie. Andrew Utz, uh, who has uh, two computer screens in his office, I found out before we were recording. Yes, yes. Thank you, Greg, for just blowing up my spot there. Um, but only focused on one, and that's the one with your face on it. Thanks, Uh Speaking of right around the corner, um, February 23rd, uh, Pop Quiz, do you know what that is the anniversary of? February 23rd? 1905 um, would be the year. Oh, if that's, Okay. Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> you just go ahead and wave the white flag on that one i was like man february 23rd like like did, like did the rangers sign someone yeah yeah a little a little before the rangers uh yeah. rangers time but uh speaking of lawyers uh february 23rd 1905 a chicago lawyer called three buddies to a meeting and that chicago lawyer was the one and only Paul P. Harris. And we are on the cusp oh. of the anniversary of the first Rotary meeting. Wow. Rotary International. So it's going to be 119 years? Um, 1905? Yeah, yeah. 1905. Did I do it? You, you did it. We're gonna we're gonna just go straight to the uh, interview with Roger and uh, guys. It. We're not getting any better. <laughs> um, yeah. So so our buddy Paul Harris. Um, we're coming up on that anniversary, and that's your big segment. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, one of of Paul Harris's quotes that I found interesting, and this was not in 1905, but circa 1935. Um, he stated that Rotary is constantly in the process of change and it's a changing world. We must be prepared to change with it. The story of Rotary will have to be written again and again. Um, and that's, that's going to lead me into my, my big segment, but I think that's a really important piece, mm. um, that change, change can sometimes be feared, uh, by a lot of people, but, um, you know, if you maybe learn to embrace it and learn to plan for that change, um, probably opens up a lot of possibilities moving forward. Hmm. Um, and if I can just keep, keep on rolling, uh, we're going to go to, to your favorite, uh, the Harvard, Harvard business review. We love it. Um, and an article that dropped today by Jenny Fernandez, Catherine Landis, and Julie Lee, titled, Why Collaboration is Critical in Uncertain Times. Hmm. Um, and the the gist of the article is talking about, you know, the past couple of years we've had um, substantial crisis in business, you know, whether, you know, tech sector, all these sectors, um, and humans have a tendency to kind of shrink um, when additional pressure is applied, no matter how flexible and open to experimentation you are, um, there does come a point with this additional pressure mindsets change. Um, and in the face of abundant business challenges and, and scarce resources, natural instincts shift to, to kind of contract. And this article, it's, it's, it's called the scarcity mindset is this, this idea 
um, and it's scarcity is the lack of necessary resources. Mm -hmm. um, and what happens is your mental energy shifts and focuses on just the, the, the thing that's in front of you. So you expend all of your resources to, to solve this problem and then you move on to the next problem. And so you never really kind of get out ahead of it um, in the wake of all this pressure. So one thing that this article talks about is, is getting in a group and trying to push back on that scarcity mindset and, and their strength in numbers with, uh, you know, improving your cognitive function and, and spreading out the, the spread, the wealth in terms of ideas. So instead of being one person who's shrinking away, you're now targeting everybody's strengths to, to come out ahead and, and keep the, the long-term goals in sight. Um, and I find that very interesting as, um, I'm gesturing wildly, you know, mm. around the world around us, you know, I think it can be easy to be isolated. Um, and it's a good reminder to look at all your options, you know, use your resources around you and really, you know, grow and, and put people around you that are going to put you're, you're going to feed off each other and put you both in a place to succeed. Okay. That's, um, that's my little big segment. I like it. That's, that not, that's, not, a, that's, not, that's not a little big segment. That's a big segment. Big segment. Um, can, I, can I tell you? That was an excellent segment. Um, well, thank you. That I, that I think is, uh, is, is very resonant. Can I tell you something about Paul P. Harris? Of course. Dude, you want to talk about a dude like this is a this look there's a lot of reasons why like there's a lot of ways to like have a, a legacy and like a mark of a legacy uh right um here's one how many places do you have a statue of you is a uh, is a good is a good um a good place to to start okay here is a in a, a admittedly incomplete list of places where there is a statue or bust okay of paul of, of paul harris okay ready okay uh rotary world headquarters in evanston illinois okay. mm -hmm. i mean that, that makes sense. Oh, yeah given okay. sure sure uh there is one in bay city michigan okay there is one that was recently unveiled in rutland vermont mm, there is one in mexico city <laughs> And there is another one in Madrid. So, okay. So this this dude, you cannot go anywhere in this world okay. without running headlong into Paul Harris. Um, that's a that's that's a lot of statues. And he he got around too. I won't you know go in go into his life story, but um, he he after graduating from law school he gave himself 5 years to just see as much of the world as possible before settling down and he did so which probably speaks to you know madrid and mexico city obviously his mark through rotary is a lot has extended his reach but uh but the dude got around yeah. uh, before he settled down and called his three buddies into the into the office for the first rotary meeting yeah uh it uh it worked uh, so here on behalf of the Rylocast, we want to say, "Good job, Paul Harris." Good job. That's a that's a touching tribute to Paul Harris, who I'm sure, it, it, I'm sure in in, in nineteen in nineteen oh five he was thinking, "Boy, 
I really hope two dopes give me some love on a podcast in 119 years. Well, here it is. Paul Harris, well done. Well done to you. Well done. Uh, thanks, Josie. Thanks for that. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, now it's time for our guest. We had a great conversation with Roger Janelle. Here's our conversation with Roger Janelle here on the Rylancast. Oh, Josie. Oh, Greg. Pod, the podcast is back. We've talked about how back we are. We've we're gone so back. We've gone on record about talking how like this is we've never been more back uh, as evidenced by our guest today. We are pleased to be joined today on the Rylacast by Roger Janelle. Roger, what is up, my friend? Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, uh, it's going well. Thanks, thanks for thanks for taking some time to, to join our little podcast. It's going better yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. I love listening. Um, and I'm excited to be here. Talk talk about Ryla. Uh well stop, stop, please. No, go on, please. Let us let, we, we need this positive please stop. affirmation. Please stop. Please stop. We're doing the come on more, more, more uh motions. Uh all right, Roger. We're going to ask you uh to to start in the way that we usually ask our guests to start. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your Ryla story? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a camper at Ryla in 2018. Um, shout out Cabin 5 in 2018. We won the Cabin Cup. Um, still something that I'm very proud of to this day. Is that is that still on like the cup? I believe so. I so haven't like, seen it in a while. It's like engraved. Like I would need to, ch- I, I haven't, you know, I haven't, and this is a weird thing about being at camp. And Josie, I don't know if you can, you can relate to this too. I have not like looked closely at the cup in a minute. I looked closely last year and I want to say it's still there. But but we that that may be I can't remember the origin of the Camp Cup and I'm sure people persons are like punching their steering wheel if they're listening in the car. <laughs> um because I don't think we're in danger of like needing to add another ring to the Stanley Cup, you know, to avoid yeah. having overlap of. But yeah, that's that's a good point. Anyway, yeah. anyway, Roger, we we interjected for the dumbest reason. Please go on. Oh, all good. Um, but just just one final note. Even if it's not on the cup, it's always in my heart. Oh, that's, so. that's it's etched right there. That's the <laughs> oh, only engraving you really need. Absolutely, but. Um, so my time at camp was really eye-opening in a lot of ways. Um, I was somebody who came into camp being very loud, feeling like I always needed to lead from the front. And I'm sure that, uh, people who know me and have had a chance to interact with me know that I still tend to be pretty loud, pretty vocal. Um, but on my second day of camp, I lost my voice totally, like went totally hoarse, could barely talk. Um, and it was like the best representation of learning to just step back and like, lead from behind and let others shine that I think I could have ever gotten. Cause I had heard people talk about it and I was like, yeah, I definitely do that. But in actuality, it wasn't something that I did a whole lot. Um, and so I think that by losing my voice at camp, I maybe learned the most important lesson that I got out of camp that I still carry with me today. Um, and then from there I came back and was an AC in 2019. Um, I was able to help out with Riley when we went online during COVID, which was, amazing it was great to have that rival experience even if we couldn't be at camp physically and to feel some of that connection um and then just recently got to help staff winter summit which was a ton of fun 
it's great to see everybody. Great to be back at camp. So, so uh, before I ask this next question, what I'm hearing in 2018, you may have lost your literal voice, but you found your Ryla voice. Oh, that's good. I think that's the best way that I could have ever put that. You know what? That's a wrap. Roger, thanks for joining. <laughs> yeah. Thank no, you no, no. I'm, me. We're that's not. That's an, that's an ender, baby. Look, no, no. When you peaked, <laughs> the George Costanza. Um, so, so what do you do now, Roger? And what's your everyday life look like now? Yeah. So in May, I graduated from UT Dallas with a political science degree. Um, go Comets. Whoosh. And now, <laughs> whoosh. And now I am at SMU at the Dedman School of Law, uh, studying to get my JD. So my day-to-day is getting up, driving down 75 and enjoying all the traffic therein, and then sitting in the law library until it's time to go home and brave the traffic again. Um, Josie, I know you have a follow-up here, but 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 just quick, quick, quick interjection here. Is whoosh a real thing? It is. Uh, since we're the comets, that's what we say. We say whoosh. Like a comet flying by. How did I never know this? Yeah, it's uh well since we don't have many big sports though we did get moved up to D two this year uh, mm-hmm. for some sports so real big deal. But since there's not a ton of sports, there's not a ton of school mm-hmm. spirit. But I love throwing whoosh in there. I think it's a lot of fun. Well, I mean the thing is like you get you go to camp, and the Aggies are everywhere. We know this, right? There's also and this is directed specifically at one person. There's a lot of Howard Payne people. Like there's a lot of like Stingham going on around there. So when you say a lot more than one, I think is what you're getting at. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like, I feel like we need to up the whoosh factor in uh, a camp. I absolutely think so. Um, every mm-hmm. time I, I mention UT Dallas, I try to throw a whoosh in there, trying to make it more of an ingrained thing in camp culture. For those for those Rylarians who end up attending UTD. So, so speaking of school spirit, um, you know UTD to SMU. Um, how would you say if you do you? How would you use? How do you use Ryla in your everyday life aside from um, from traffic and and the Zen moments uh, commuting? You know, you guys actually contribute to a lot of those Zen moments, so I want to say thank you for that. But um, I would say that um, at UT Dallas, I was really involved in a lot of clubs and organizations. I was president of a few different organizations and served in a couple of different leadership capacities. And I think that Ryla really prepared me for working with a very diverse group of people, Um, especially like I was um, president of my fraternity for a year and trying to work with 10 college aged men to lead an organization when everyone has very different ideas of where we should be going and how we should be getting there is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and throughout that experience, I was able to use tools from Ryla. Um, and one of the biggest things was knowing when, or being able to recognize other people's strengths and learning to play on those to come towards a group goal. I was not super big into the social aspect of things. Um, I enjoyed like the alumni relations and that kind of stuff and like the kind of day-to-day paperworky things. So I had a team of people that I knew loved the social stuff, loved getting on campus and getting our name out there. So I would, I was pretty hands-off on that and like really let them run with that because that's why they were there and that's why they wanted to, that's what they wanted to do. 
And so I think that Ryla really taught me about how to identify other people's strengths and how to lean on those when I'm trying, when a team is trying to get something done. Um, and I just happen to be in a position of leadership. Um, do you know quite, do you know yet like what, um, what kind of law you're, you're going for? I don't know if that's a, a thing. Oh. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know if that's come across on the podcast. Um, but do, <laughs> do you have to like declare which, which path you're going for? Yeah. No, it's still very general. Um, your first year of law school, you actually don't even get to pick any of your classes. So they just kind mm-hmm. of hand you a schedule and they're like, have fun, mm-hmm. uh, which explains my eight thirties on Fridays, my only class. Um, not mad about that at all. Oh, but, Ooh. <laughs> but wait, 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 it's your only class. It's my only class on Fridays. Oh, is that is rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so for right now, it's very general. And honestly, right now, I'm just trying to explore everything that's out there um, and just get an idea because there are laws for everything. So there are lawyers for everything. Mm. And I don't really know exactly what my career journey will look like. Um, I know that I love the study of the law. I enjoy the reading, writing, and research. So at least I have that checked. Mm. Um, And now it's just figuring out where I want to go. Um, But to kind of circle back to how I use Ryland Law School, um, coming into law school, it was, it was, there was definitely some nerves. Um, Law school is just such a different environment because everybody there is like such a high achiever and has already proven, you know, that they are academically sound, that they have good extracurriculars. They, they proved that in high school, they proved that in undergrad, and that's why they're now in law school. And it was a lot like coming into RILA. It was like, you know, being taken out of just um, your normal school environment and being put into an environment with all high achievers, uh, people who are driven and know what they want. And so I, so the way that I made friends at Ryla um, was, is very similar to how I found myself making friends at law school. It was less kind of generic surface level stuff that I was talking to some of my law school friends about and more about what our goals and what our, what our drive was for, what we were working towards. Um, And so learning how to interact with a lot of other very driven, um, ambitious people was something that Ryla really taught me. And I'm really thankful for because it, allowed me to make make a lot more friends in law school uh i would just say just to plant a seed down the road um we are looking for an official attorney of of the (laughs) ryla cast uh for the various and sundry legal predicaments we find ourselves in we've already been rejected by other certain notable ryla alumni who are attorneys who have said Uh, uh, absolutely not so just consider you know down the road down the road you're you're early you're early you know so we're trying to get time yeah okay but uh, but just just in case. So then I guess my question and, and you've answered a little bit, but but I think, you know, you mentioned uh, you came back, uh, you've come back to camp, you you helped out uh, with, with Winter Summit. Um, you know, you are now um, I guess it'll be this this summer. It'll be six years since you went to camp. Um, don't, no, stop. <laughs> no, don't you dare. Don't you dare groan. <laughs> uh, my question for you, then, is like, what keeps you coming back? Why, why is it? What are you getting we all we all obviously like you know we're all in this for ourselves uh, and we're all in this to, to help help people out but like what what is it that you get out of coming back what keeps you uh staying involved in the program yeah absolutely so my my rila summer um and experience as a camper was something 
that was really special. It was unlike, like I'd been to a lot of summer camps up to that point. I had been to like a few like leadership talks and stuff um, or like leadership summits for like leading organizations in high school. But the way that Ryla teaches leadership and the way that Ryla teaches relationship building and the bonds that are formed in those, those six days of camp were so special to me. And I, anything that I can do to help other people have that same experience and have the ability to learn, learn the things that Ryla teaches to be able to build those relationships. Um, because I, I truly think that everybody who goes to Ryla comes out a better person. And if there's anything that I can do to help other people have that same experience that I did, I want to do everything in my power to do it. Um, and just seeing, um, seeing people that I've now that I've seen go to Ryla's campers or, um, more recent alumni that I was able to interact with at Winter Summit and hearing their experiences at Ryla and how Ryla helped better prepare them for their next steps is something that's just, it's really special. And so to continue to be a part of that environment and continue to help people learn and grow is something that means a lot to me. And I know we're, we're happy to have you in this environment, um, you know, going through your, your Ryla story here. Um, you know, it's, it's like, 2018 was yesterday um yeah. you know when when hearing you talk about it and and seeing you as our guest uh today um uh, but now in the in our esteemed award-winning program um comes the time where we give the guests the floor to plug something could be a book movie podcast law school mascot you name it but uh but the floor is yours roger Awesome. Um, yeah. So for this, the first thing I wanted to plug is uh, the Achievement Center for Tech of Texas. It's a center in Garland that works with um, special needs children and adults. Um, they provide services that allow the students to um, interact with the community, build life skills, um, and do all kinds of things. It's a it, it's an amazing center and organization that I've been very fortunate to work with pretty much my whole life. Uh, my grandpa and my mom were very involved in the center. So I think I was taken there before I could walk um, and I've continued to work with them, but um, they do tons of amazing events and they have, I'm not sure when this is being published, but they have one uh, on March 2nd, the special arts festival where people will be running different arts and crafts tables. Um, I'll be hosting a table. And so it's just a great way to get involved to um, it's a great center that, really helps the community in a lot of ways. And so if you're feeling so generous, um, they have a lot of events where they need volunteers and I'm happy to always talk about bringing more volunteers in. They also, their website, achievementcenteroftexas.org. Um, if you feel like donating, everything helps and um, everything goes straight to programs for the students and helping them get involved and engaged in the community. And then second, I wanted to plug a fun book um, I've been getting back into reading for fun, even though I read all day for school. <laughs> um, that is I've been commitment. I've been trying to do a little bit more of that. I got a bookshelf full of things that I need to read. Um, but I started recent or over this past summer, I read this series called Red Rising. And uh, it's like a science fiction dystopian that kind of evolves into this huge epic story. So if you're looking for something fun to read, um, highly recommend it. The series is six books right now, though, so it's a bit of a commitment but I absolutely love it. All right. Red okay. rising. All right. That's uh, 
I, I admire somebody who has to read as much as you do and then being like, you know what I want to do for fun? <laughs> To take my mind off of this, that's a that's a lot. And I work with words for a living. That's um, that's that's a lot. I I do wonder, like, do like do NASCAR drivers like go out there and like joyride? I don't know. What a great question. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you question, I always loved reading. So maybe it's just uh, I just found my thing. Yeah. Uh, listen, you've certainly found your thing. Uh, he is he's Roger Janelle. Uh, Roger, appreciate your time, my friend. Uh. Uh, best of luck uh, at at law school and uh, and looking forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Roger. There is Roger Janelle, our guest here on the Rylacast, um, going to law school and uh, and 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 reading, reading not only for school, but also reading for fun. That's the man likes to read and was awake for our interview. You know, like all and that that's reading. the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, that's, that's cause I don't know about you. And I guess admittedly, the majority of my reading happens before I go to bed, but mm-hmm. like, like reading makes me tired. <laughs> like reading, reading, like reading books makes me tired. So same. Um, anyway, we appreciate Roger Janelle popping on with us. Uh, it's my turn to bring us home. Josie. Josie, um, we are recording this on Tuesday, February 13th. Josie, did you watch the football game on Sunday? I watched the football game on Sunday. So on Sunday, the um the uh it was a superb owl uh 58. Mm-hmm. Um the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh I I'm sorry. Uh I'm, if you don't know who won the Super Bowl, spoiler alert, skip <laughs> ahead 15 seconds. The Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Um in overtime. Wow. And we were um, uh, one of the things that we struggle with in our household is um, is watching things that mom and dad want to watch. Yes. Yes. And and I got to be honest, football super high up on the five year old and two year olds list. Mm. Um, Max is more into it than Hank is our two year old. Um, because he likes when they run, 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 (laughs) run. But then when every time they get tackled, every time there's a tackle. He just goes like, uh oh. <laughs> and then like Very whenever concerned. they get back up, whenever they get back up, we always have to say, No, 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 see, they're still friends. They're still friends. Um <laughs> that is a true that is a true thing. Uh but all that is to say that we did find a small respite to watch the Super Bowl. Josie, mm-hmm. we watched the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon. Okay. We non ironically watched the Super Bowl. On Nickelodeon, which that was, was uh, commentated by uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick Starr. Of course, I they had a bunch of like anybody better. They had a bunch of AR graphics, like they'd score and there'd be like slime cannons that went off and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, they were doing bits. It was mm-hmm. it was a it was a fun broadcast. Like they were obviously trying to engage uh, a younger audience, stuff like that. But um, and there's a few things that I think have kind of gone viral around there. They had Dora the Explorer as their officials, like their rules analyst. Okay, uh, which is uh, which is was, was great. Um, and, 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 you know, it was, it was good, but, but one of the things that I, I want to focus on here is they had four, it was a four man booth. Well, it was a mm. two man, one, one starfish and one sponge <laughs> booth. It was SpongeBob and there's Patrick. 
But then there was uh, Noah Eagle, uh, play-by-play mm-hmm. guy, and okay. uh, and and Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson, okay. former NFL receiver. I think he's on CBS this morning and stuff like that. I, it like sounds he's like right. A, he's kind of everywhere. Yeah. Um. Anyway, all that's to say, they did have two humans in the booth actually calling the game, and one of the things that I found myself really, really enamored by was the way that they were calling the game. Because football, like, look, I work in football. I watch mm-hmm. football for a living. Um, and so it was a little bit jarring to, at the beginning of the game, hear Noah Eagle explain things like, okay, you see that yellow line? That's 10 yards away. They have four tries to get those 10 mm-hmm. yards. And then, like, whenever there would be a situation where they could punt the ball or kick the ball, right? Like right. or something like that, he would like explain. Okay, well, they can either do this or they could do this, and things like that. And I found myself really like enjoying that part of the broadcast because, like, I never think to do that, mm-hmm. right? I've I I was color commentator for a couple of the high school football state championship games this past December. I never thought once to explain what a first down is, Mm. right? I never did because I think with a broadcast and, and certainly I think if I would have done that, my producer probably would have gotten in my ear and said, (laughs) what are you doing? Yeah, Um, because, Because there, I think there is a certain level, like a certain like level of understanding that is expected of you. And yet, something we say on this podcast, every podcast is somebody's first, right? Mm, Every football game is somebody's first. And I thought that the Nickelodeon Super Bowl broadcast, I'm coming around to it, I promise. The Nickelodeon Super Bowl broadcast, I thought that was a perfect example of meeting people where they are. Mm. And, and, And finding a way to lower a barrier of entry into something that can be um confusing something that can be intimidating something that can make you feel dumb mm-hmm. right for not knowing like right. you like there's there's probably there let's put it this way the super bowl is probably for a a large number of people in america around the world the only football game they'll watch for an entire year right 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 like, fair they, they turn on the Super Bowl because it's a cultural event, mm-hmm. not necessarily because they are interested to see how the Chiefs pick up the 49ers blitz packages, right? <laughs> right. They're not into that. And if that's your only way in, if that's your only like entry point, I think it's really easy to go up to that entry point, have people talking over you. Mm-hmm. And talking past you and just say, you know what? This isn't for me. And so I thought, especially uh, geared at a younger audience, I thought the Nickelodeon broadcast did a really good job of striking that balance between making an enjoyable broadcast if you do know football. But also, if you don't, we're going to help you along and we're going to get you up to speed as well. And I think there's some lessons for for all of us in that. In mm-hmm. in when you are leading a group how sure are you that everyone is up to speed? How sure are you that is that everybody is working from the same playbook, so to speak, and everyone understands the the, the basics 
of getting there. And how can you find a way to make sure that your entire team is up to speed mm. and do so in a way that's not going to single somebody out? Do so in a way that's not gonna not gonna drive people away or, or make them kind of go into a shell and stay and 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 not uh, participate. I think that's a real challenge, and mm-hmm. and it's something that I think it's easy for me. Like think about it from my perspective, it's easy to just like overlook and just like not think about. Right. But if I'm if I'm calling a football game, there's people in that maybe who are in that town that want to watch their team play in a state championship game that don't watch football and mm-hmm. don't understand it. One of the things that I'm going to try to, I'm going to effort is trying to find a way to meet those people where they are, hmm. because I think that it is the true mark of leadership to make sure that everyone who wants to come along on the journey is, a, is, is, is empowered to come along on the journey. And so all that is to say, I really enjoyed SpongeBob and Patrick on Sunday, and uh, and and Miss, uh, and Larry the Lobster running around on the field. So more Nickelodeon, and it was effective. I'm assuming uh, your kids sat down with yeah. you and and enjoyed the game. Yeah, they absolutely did for about a quarter, and then <laughs> and then they were like, "Can we watch something else?" Because the other thing here's and this is something else that like you don't necessarily appreciate. Buddy, there's a lot of commercials. And when you're not there for the commercials, mm-hmm. like and and Hank doesn't care about the commercials. No. Like no. uh so yeah, there there are a lot of commercials. He was like, Okay, I'm 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 kind of checking out here, Dad. We made it through a quarter. So Okay. There you go. No, uh congratulations meeting, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh meeting people where they are. I think that yeah, I I agree with everything you said. Mm-hmm. Um especially now because to your point when you're broadcasting a game you know not that not that ballets is hard to find but like people go to watch the game that you're broadcasting right like right it's it's a cultural phenomenon but in select circles so yes exactly and so how can you find a way to meet people where they are and Mm -hmm. i think that's something that is it's in the back of all our minds, and I think that we would do be be well served to move it closer to the front of our minds sometimes. So, there you go. That's a great That's segment. My final segment. Um, thanks, Josie. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let me check my notes here. Uh, I think that's it. That's all we got on the on the rundown here. Uh, we do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, we want to invite you to go to our website, which is ryla5810.org. All sorts of great stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so many great things that I don't want to spoil it. Go to ryla5810.org and find out for yourself. Um, and yeah, thanks to Roger Janelle for being our guest. Uh, if you like this podcast, please rate it, uh, comment on it, and tell a mm-hmm. friend about the RylaCast. And here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the RylaCast is Josie. Uh, thanks, Greg. In the spirit of all this reading and lawyering we're talking about... Oh. Uh, um there's the antiquated way you know we've talked a lot about paul harris in 1905 Mm -hmm. um no tablets really back then um i encourage you to go to your local library um as a a great aardvark once said having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card um go ahead and grab that library card and check out a book and once you're finished reading that book take a 
take a little piece of paper. Nobody's going to police it and just say, listen to the Riley cast and just slip that piece of paper in a very critical part of the book. You know, maybe the plot is, it's, it's very climactic, whatever you pick, you pick where, and then just do that with every book you read until mm -hmm. we have a library full of pieces of paper that say listen to the Riley cast so that when people need a break from reading the book they can tune in um in the podcast subscriber of their choice podcast provider of their choice to yeah. listen to the Riley cast that's great that's great like what we're what we're telling you to do is leverage your local library to do the advertising for us yes yes meet the library where they are and use their vast network of distribution to meet us where we are that's going to do it for us. Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. Talk to you next time on the Rylecast. <laughs>